1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a well-known Napoleon Hill Foundation Certified Instructor, uh, Founder of Journey to Success Radio, and International Inspirational Speaker. Find out more about me and the the radio show at journeytosuccessradio.com. I not only have an amazing guest today, he's also a great friend and someone that I sometimes wish I was, but I have my friend Jim Shorkey on the line. He's co-hosting the show today. And here's what impresses me about Jim Shorkey. He's read Think and Grow Rich 103 times, and he turned uh, a practically legally bankrupt one-car dealership into six dealerships that are doing amazingly well. Introduce yourself a little bit, Jim, and refer them to your website, and uh, then we'll get to introducing our amazing guest today.
1: Thank you, Tom, and also thank you, Phil, so my name is Jim Shorty. I've been studying self-development for 23 years. I've read Thinking, Grow Rich 104 times, and everything I have today, I credit to that amazing book along with all the different self-development here I've studied, and my website is Results from Thinking, and I'm really happy to be here, so thank you so much.
2: Thanks so much, uh, Jim, and uh, people can find out more about you at resultsfromthinking.com. Our guest today is, first of all, a child of God, a Christian. Secondly, he's an amazingly good friend of mine. And third, I often have said I wish I was him, Phil Taylor. Uh, perhaps no one alive today has conducted and recorded more formal interviews on the topic of success with leading experts and authorities than Phil Taylor. He was asked if he would be willing to interview Deepak Chopra and the extensive lineup of supporting speakers for the Napoleon Hill International Conference in Malaysia, which I was one of those supporting speakers, Phil Taylor went on to produce an extensive 17-hour audio program on their behalf, one of the coolest programs in the world, published by Nightingale Conant. uh, It was called The 17 Principles of Success. And the publisher of the program, my friend Vic Conant, said, this just might be considered the most comprehensive instruction or achievement ever assembled. Furthermore, Phil continued sharing his journey of interviews through his nationally syndicated radio program. Also, Phil and I are Christians and friends, and he turned his attention finally to what does God have to say about success? Does God have anything to say about it, and what are his principles? So after searching the Bible intensively on this question, Phil discovered that God and His Word indeed has a lot to say about success, and he came up with the 17 Biblical Principles of Success. This program is uh, similar to the Nightingale-Conan program where two or three speakers uh, represent each of the principles and are interviewed and uh, it's an amazing program. Uh, he has 51 blessed servants of God, including the daughter of Zig Ziglar and some other
0: really amazing people. Uh, welcome to the show today, Phil. Oh, what a blessing, Tom, and, and and thank you for that wonderful introduction. And Jim, it's such a joy and a blessing to share this forum with you as well. So, uh, Amen. Let's go. <laughs> Amen. Amen.
2: I got to tell you, when you had that Nightingale Conant uh, program, 17 Principles of Success, that's when I started saying, I wish I was Bill Taylor, because that was one oh. of my goals for 30 plus oh. years now. And now the 17 Biblical Principles of Success, uh, those would be the two only programs people would really need if they were limited to two to find success in their life. Uh, Jim, why don't you start off with a question for Phil and uh, follow up with some comments of your own.
1: Great. So, Phil, you know, I, I'm always very, very curious about success and how to be successful and how to pass that word on. And I really believe that successful people always leave clues. I I, I like that. I understand that. And that's what i Thought over my life is to model myself after that formula. So my question for you is: What are the top three secrets that you can give me that are what you would call the top three secrets for success, and certainly for your success?
0: Hmm. Uh, th- thanks so much, Jim. And that's a great uh, question. And and I'll pr- I'll, um, I'll I'll just. Um, say off off the bat, I don't believe there's secrets. There's a wonderful song called There Is No Secret What God Can Do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and the Bible says that wisdom shouts in the streets. She's pleading with individuals to listen to her and to accept her. So it's not something that's hidden or hard to find. It's something that God is eager to impart to individuals who simply want to accept his free gift. So, I'm not a big believer that uh it's it's a secret, but it's readily available. And what really um I think hampers individuals or causes them to not discover the jewels of life is uh is perhaps pride, pride and even selfishness. The Bible says that there's a way that seems right to a person, but the way is death, you know. And yet Jesus Mm -hmm. said, I have come to give you life, not death, life, and life more abundantly. So I would say one of the principles, I would say, would be humility. Humility. To acknowledge that that we're not gods, that there's only one God, and that he's the architect of our life, and that his design for us, as mentioned in Jeremiah, is not to harm us, but to bless us and to give us a hope in the future. But we need to get out of the way and allow God to come into our lives so that He may live in and through us. And and that runs really in the face of a lot of self-development. I think that the difference between, for instance, the 17 Biblical Principles of Success and other programs is that other programs, self-help programs, start with self it starts with me that's why it's called self-help as this program and and which is really uh, entrenched in the Bible doesn't start with me but it starts with God so humility would be the first principle and then I would say the second principle is trust in God which is actually the very first principle of the program is that to acknowledge our inability to do what only God can do which comes through humility and then have the faith, now Napoleon Hill calls it applied faith, uh, we call it trust in God, to put our whole dependency in Him. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and what He will direct your paths. And so that is a promise that we can certainly hang our lives or our hats on, so to speak. And I, I would say that the ultimate principle, if you were to give give me three, would be love. Because I believe that that's what we were created to 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 do and to be, is to love. And Jesus said, when addressed by the Pharisees, Well, listen, there's a myriad of, of commandments. What's the greatest of the commandments? And he said, To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And what? The second of these is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so to sum it up, I would say humility, trust in God, and love, if you were to limit it to those three, Jim. Anyone else? Does that that help?
1: That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. It's it's very, very interesting, and this is not something I'm rehearsing, but I, over the years, developed a very strong level of success in the automobile business, and uh, Tom already discussed that. But we had three fundamental goals at the Jim Shorty Family Auto Group, and the number one goal... Mm -hmm. Was to love, and I do mean love, L O V E the customer, and uh, that was a top priority because if we didn't love the customers, there there wouldn't be any customers; they they would go away. So number one goal was to love the customer. The second number one goal was actually two number one goals. Second number one goal was to love the team because if we didn't love and respect our team, then there would be nobody to love the customers. You know. So that was the that was the second goal, number one goal, And then the third goal, which was almost number one, was to keep it very, very, very humble. Because um, when you do number one and number two really well, you get to be very successful and what's the first thing you do? You become arrogant and then that then you don't need this customer. Then you don't need this particular team member, and it blows up on So those were really
0: the three goals, department around what you That That's beautiful. Beautiful. Hmm. That, wow. that's beautiful. beautiful. Yep. It's interesting, yep. you know, and Tom, if I might just turn to you for a moment, one of the people that we have on the program, including Ken Blanchard, uh, was Tom Hopkins. And we know that Tom Hopkins for decades has been the number one authority on the um, the uh, training business, as as a sales training business, shall, shall we say, and he was on the program of humility, as Jim talked about. You know, oh, yeah. it's so interesting yeah. how uh, humility is such an important and central part of being successful in selling. And I'm so yeah. thrilled to hear that, Jim, because right. it echoes right. what Tom Hodkins yeah. said. Yeah.
2: And uh, what what great two principles to have, Jim? Love and humility, and. Uh, yep. The Bible talks about loving the people we don't like. It's easy to love our family. Well, it's often easy to love our family and our friends. But I worked for a while in sales at a car dealership, and some of the people that came in I wouldn't naturally love. And But if that is part of the mission and statement of what you're doing in your life, you have to learn and practice Loving those people that maybe naturally you're not inclined towards, and uh, yeah. 100%. Uh, right. I
1: mean, you couldn't be any writer. couldn't be any writer.
2: right? Exactly, and then humility, yeah, like uh, especially in, in a case like yourself, Jim, you come a long way in life, and uh, yet, uh, humility is expected of us, like, uh, someone everyone is better than us in some way. And really, as I say in my talks, four out of 10 people in the world live on less than $2 a day. And we're no nicer yep. than them. How do we get to live yep. in North America? How do they get to live on yep. $2 mm-hmm. a day?
1: Right.
2: All right, you're doing well, Jim. How about you get the next question as well?
1: Well, you know, and uh, sticking back to that point, you know, how I learned to be humble was I was extremely arrogant and extremely egotistical. And that led me to uh, bankruptcy imminent in my business. And so. Mm. You know, I remember. I remember, you know, being bankruptcy imminent and things were going really bad. You know, my dad had died two years earlier, and here I am, you know, two years later. Not only did I lose my dad, but now I'm losing the business that he had been building for 22 years. And so I can remember saying, you know, if I ever get out of this, I, I will, will never be arrogant again. I promise. I will never be arrogant again. And that's where the humble part of the problem. But didn't come from only self development. When he came from being arrogant and being a physical so. I don't really have another question. I just think it's a great conversation to really accentuate the point of, you know, the the number one enemy of a successful business enterprise is arrogance. That tears more companies apart, more families, more churches, more whatevers. Is, is in terms of a person becomes successful, they become arrogant, and then they start treating the waiters and the waitresses terribly, you know. And if you just follow that principle of, you know, love thy neighbor. You know, you're you're there. You, you'll never have a, a if you do that, you'll never have a problem with arrogance because you can't be arrogant and love your neighbor. You can you do it? You
0: know, can mm-hmm. do it. That's true.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, and Phil. Doesn't uh, the Bible
0: say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Phil. Oh, and and you're just as you were speaking, Jim. Doesn't the Bible say that pride cometh before a fall? Comes yeah, that's a
1: fall. exactly right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's that a precursor. To, that, that is yeah. so true. There's, there's just I mean, it's the ultimate truth. Is uh Man, we just—you know—I—you know. I, I, you know and this is not from the Bible, but it's from probably somebody that was reading it in the Bible. Said, you know, you got to get over yourself. I mean, you know, you put your hand in a bucket of water and then pull that hand—that hand out of that bucket of water—and the the space that's left is how insignificant you are relative to this big freaking world. You know what I mean? So we need—we <laughs> need to get over ourselves. You know, we're—we're—we're we're, we're just one of one of. How many, Tom, how many billion, how many... Right, um, six, seven billion people now, right? Ooh, one of, of, of a billion people on the planet right now, not counting the previous ones and the future ones, you know? So, my goodness, uh, right. you know, I'm no better than anybody. I I, I mean, I, I treat the waiters and the waitresses and the, everybody just with so much respect that, that and I just can't do it any other way. And I learned that from my wife. My wife is the nicest person on the planet. And it's funny, if we go into a restaurant and... The person isn't real nice. By the time we're done with them, they're really nice. They really are. Mm-hmm. But we treat them nice. Mm-hmm. Never have oh, never have problems with service. Never. Mm-hmm. Ever, ever. Because mm-hmm. we treat people nice. Wow. Yep. So,
2: Beautiful. Phil, uh, if I were reading through the Bible, oh, if I were, I read uh, yeah. daily Bible, yeah. so I read about 70% of the Bible every year, not the same 70%. So certainly, I've done that twenty-five years, front and back, and mm. and so when I go through it, I could come up with one hundred and ninety-two principles of success, <laughs> yeah. uh, and you were able to you were able to narrow it down to seventeen that happened to fit with Napoleon Hill's seventeen principles yeah. of success, more on the personal development side. So mm-hmm. let's name the seventeen biblical principles of success, and uh, maybe a little insight into. Uh, how you narrowed that one out from the sure. 192 I could have chosen. Oh, yeah.
0: I, I think there might be even more than 192, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's great. I'll, I'll share with you how it's been, it, it was boiled down to 17. It was quite interesting. But shall I just go through quickly what the 17 are and then, and then give a little history on it? So pr- principle one would be trust in God. That's, that's where it all starts. You know, to the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what? All, All these, these things, things will be, added, be added to you. Will be added unto you. So that's the starting point. Trust in God. Two, we talked about it is humility. Three is something that people don't really like to talk about too much, but it's confess and repentance. Four is integrity, five is courage, six is fellowship, seven is kindness. Principle 8 is goodness. Principle 9 is thankfulness. 10 is joy. 11 is self-control. 12 is wisdom. 13 is faithfulness. 14 is prayer and meditation. 15, perseverance. I know that's one that you love, Tom, and identify with. (laughs) And uh, 16 is giving. And 17, we talked about that, is the ultimate expression of life itself and why we're here, which is love not just an ordinary love, God's love. So those are the 17 principles. And um the way it worked out is um it was impressed on my heart. Well, you know, um uh, you know, some people don't think that God wants you to be successful. Do have you ever met those kind of oh, people? I'm I afraid to talk about thinking grow rich in church. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there, there are some, you know, and so the, the question that was really impressed, and, and I felt that there, the, as much as I um, so admire the, the, each one of the, the, the principles of the Napoleon Hill, and, and it's quite interesting because you see a lot of parallels of those principles in the Bible. For instance, the principle of going the extra mile. Right. We know that comes right out of the gospel Mm. where where Jesus said, you know, if a person asks you to walk one mile, you walk two. Right. And the principle of the golden rule. Well, Jesus, Jesus was the one who taught, you know, you treat other people in the same way that you want to be treated. And those are just two simple examples, you know, of Napoleon Hill principles that go way back to the time of Jesus. And, um. I, I I I really feel that the the spot in and, and I'm not here to uh, you know take away from what others are doing, but I really believe that the the difference between the Bible and self help or, or you know personal development is a lot of self help starts with self. It starts with what are my goals? What do I want? You know, what kind of house, car? career, what is it I want? And I think that that's a noble question, but it starts at the wrong place. It's very much like what Jesus gave. He gave a parable. He gave a parable of a man who built his house on the sand who thought he was wise. You know, he thought he was a wise. I'm going to build this house the way I want to on this beautiful platform and so forth. And and then a man who built his house on the rock. And then one day the the, the winds came and the floods came up and the the foolish man who built his house on the sand got his house swept away and the wise man built his house on the rock was able to stay undeterred from the storm. And I think that that's a great analogy for life and success. Is the Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but the way is death. You know. But um, I think the first and foundational and most important part of success is to know uh, who the architect is. Of your life is and to understand first also that he loves you he's not out to to make you an unsuccessful person he just like a father who loves his child he has a desire to see you live a life that is full and meaningful and joyous and and abundant you know but our pride gets in the way and we start trying to do what only God can do for ourselves and, right. and search, yeah. So, in short, in searching for the answer to the topic specifically of success, you know, the question was what does God have to say about success, if anything? And right. though there are 192 principles <laughs> as you refer to or more, these 17 specifically parallel and anchor to a promise of Success. The Bible does use right. the word success. Yeah. So right, I and I, I it. Yeah.
2: I tell audiences uh, that yeah. we are blessed to live in a first-world country in North America, Canada, and my place, and and yeah. the U.S. and you and Jim's case. And I feel that it it is our duty to earn as much money as we can with our skills, talents, and abilities where we are, so that we can give. To help other people, give our time, give our money, and give uh, our wisdom, which we would have available when we are earning as much as the God-given skills, talents, and abilities that we have. If God knows we're going to use it to serve others, pretty sure he's going to be blessing that. And Jim, you've kind of found that out to uh, running six car dealerships or owning six car dealerships. People would say... Stick with that, Jim. You must be pretty proud, great business, great income there. Yes. But you've discovered a higher purpose for your life, and now you're in a position when most people are retiring, and you're busier than a one arm paper hanger, giving back to others, serving others, and helping others, and giving of your time, money, and energy. Uh, so talk about that, uh, finding the the true purpose. I call it a God-given purpose. Because I had a purpose before. That was to be Shane Moran, who you know, Phil, and is now earning $1.3 million a month. But I'm not Shane, and Shane's not me. And now I really feel I have what, you know, really is my purpose for being born. And Jim, you've uh, Mm -hmm. come to find out a little bit about that, that yes, you have a great business, and yes, you... Probably made some good money, but in the end, yeah. you're, you really want you really want to give back and 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 share the skills, talents, abilities, and and money that God's given you.
1: Well, yeah, and and so you know I I can recall you know back in 2004 when I was really flying high and things were going great and I really had my acting year. I always had this ambition of wanting to someday you know start a company that would you know teach a man how to fish from the perspective of if I give them for a day, if I teach them beneficiaries for a lifetime. And so I always felt that success was something that really anybody could do if they had the formula. And so, you know, over over a period of time of, you know, messing up so much, I I really finally landed landed on what works. And so that has progressed today to where I, I think I really have an answer for what Phil was saying earlier. And Napoleon Hill, by the way, has this answer as well. He refers to riches in terms of what you want riches to be. And even refers to your spiritual state in terms of those riches. And so what I believe is that I believe if, if I look at a stool with four legs on it, and these four legs would be um, health, wealth, love, and happiness. And love is family, friends, and romance. And happiness is doing something that's way bigger than you, something that brings you fulfillment, and then, of course, health and wealth. But the 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 glue that holds that soul together, the seat that we sit on, is spirit. And if you don't have spirit, then those other four they 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 become very meaningless. So so what I coach on in my life, my personal life, and then hopefully try to share that with uh, with uh, with people is is we need to work on five areas of our life, and those would be health, wealth, love, happiness, and then spirit. And all five of them are just really important. So. That's my answer to the idea of self-development and self-improvement and self help Is that you know I really do have to improve myself in all five of those areas, and so that's uh, kind of paralleling what Phil is saying to a degree, um, but it's just my way of saying it. You know, but I, I tell you, it's you know if you you can have the best health in the world and no money, and that's not good, or you can have all the money in the world and your health is terrible, and that's no good, or you could have the first four and no spirit in your life, and that's no good, you know. So you got to have all five. I believe that. Right,
2: right. Now, uh, Phil, when I look through, I was given the opportunity to be on this program, and for several reasons yeah. I didn't do it. <laughs> now I look at the list of contributors, and I'm like, If a guy that's had four hips and four knees replaced could kick himself, I'm (laughs) kicking myself. And that would be funny to watch, actually. But like, for instance, just on Humility Alone, you got Ken Blanchard, Tom Hopkins, Al Walker. Not as many people know Al Walker, but I'm familiar with him. But Ken Blanchard and Tom Hopkins. You have uh, Julie Ziegler Norman, Zig Ziegler's daughter. And when I read this story about her, and she's in Confession and Repentance, Wow, I was blown away. James Capra. Mm-hmm. It was like, uh, what was his position for so many years? The head of the. Uh... He
0: was the director of. Uh, he was the global director. Director of the DEA, in charge of all the international offices, including domestic offices for the DEA. He was the top gun. Oh, and talk about a man of humility and love, and, and integrity. You know. Uh, you'll find it in Jimmy for sure. So yeah, as I was Ryan. saying,
2: you got you got James Capra. <laughs> Who else do you have on here? Naomi, Naomi Road, oh. I believe. Naomi is a hall of State, hall Road. of fame speaker. Bob yep. Danzig, he was the president of Hearst Newspapers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor Terry Paulson, Jim Cathcart, hall of fame speaker. Dilip. Yeah. Uh, I won't try and pronounce his last <Sakara>. name, but he was like mm-hmm. he was like second place in the uh, Toastmasters International uh, one year. You got Joe Dudley, who's read Think and Grow Rich over three hundred times. Uh, Jim uh, Shorky's going to try and catch up to that. Yeah. Uh, just the names you have on the, as contributors are powerful, so, amazing, great
0: people. Talk about some of yeah. them. Well, I'm afraid to. Uh, less that we don't uh, have time to cover all of them because they're all equally right.
2: they beautiful, they are and all individuals.
0: So I, right. I hesitate to focus in on one person particular. Right. that makes you sense. Know, it's, it's, but
2: let me just tell like the, the audience. <laughs> let me tell the audience that if you get this program, these are some yeah. of the finest thinkers and people yeah. on the planet. And silly of me, 17biblicalprinciplesofsuccess.org. Uh, mm-hmm. cement that in your brain, run to the nearest piece of paper, write it down. The number 17biblicalprinciplesofsuccess.org. The contributors are amazing. Uh, I've asked, uh, Phil to help me interview some of them. And, uh, so yeah. Now, uh, you had mentioned in there about personal development. And this is different than personal development products on the marketplace because, as you said, personal development generally focuses on, in North America, uh, improving your bank account and becoming more successful, uh, probably in the world's eyes. This is a much different program. What are some of the blessings and benefits that someone can expect to gain from this program? And if you let me answer it, we'd be here for like an hour and a half. Oh, yeah.
0: Amen. Yeah. Well, I think one of the differences is that success is not a pursuit in the context of of what God designs for you. It's a gift, you know, and it's a gift with a byproduct called success. You know, Uh, Jeremiah, uh, Joshua, should I say, uh, talks about... Seeking God first and, and, and meditating on His Word. It says, you know, be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law of my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from the right or to the left. And then what? That you may be successful wherever you go. Joshua 1.7 So success is a byproduct of seeking God first and putting your life in reliance and uh, in, in trust in Him. And just as you're saying that, you, um, you asked about what are the benefits. Well, um, I, I think the Proverbs really says, you know, when you seek wisdom, when you seek God first, uh, you'll receive a peace that is beyond uh, understanding a joy unspeakable full of glory a love that will flood your soul and that the treasure and the discovery of wisdom and the Bible says that Jesus has made unto us wisdom is beyond any monetary um, attainment and, and so it's hard to describe something that is so undescribable I mean the Paul said and you know this first Tom Thank be to God for what? His indescribable gift. Indescribable gift. <laughs> so it's hard right. to describe something that's indescribable. But you know what that is. And and you right. see, the thing is, the the Bible says the world doesn't understand the things of the Spirit, that it's foolishness to them. Someone who's listening and say, what are you talking about, this whole thing about spirituality? I mean, I, I, I just want to be... A multimillionaire. I want to have the big house and the boat and the popularity and the fame and the gold. I want it all that seems to satisfy, attempt to satisfy a part of us that never really does. And the fact of the matter is that this life is so short. It's like uh, we're like a flower that appears for a season. And the Bible and Jesus says, what prophets, what prophets, person, if he gains the whole world, he uses his own soul. You know? One thing is certain, that every single person, whether we live here on earth for 50 years, 60 years, 80 years, or maybe if we're fortunate 100 years, we're all going to go through the gates of eternity. And what decisions we've made here on earth are going to have um, repercussions. Forever, for eternity. And so um, I think the the beauty and the blessing of success, the way the Bible defines it, is that you don't have to, if you know God and you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you don't have to try to be successful. You are successful. You are successful. You really know and understand the treasures of who God is and who you are in Him. And then we have the eternity to look forward to, but the blessing of this, and Tom, you face so much adversity in your life and and you speak of it like very few people can, but you know that your relationship with God that though you might be in pain, though you might be facing adversity, when you're locked into god and and that communion with God, there's a peace that comes over you, a strength and a courage and a joy that's indescribable, right. isn't it? Would, would you ta- like to talk to, about that? Indescribable. Would I this, you
2: know? Oh, totally, totally. And at the yeah. same time, we have a God who I've yelled at him, I've been mad at him, mm-hmm. I've asked yeah. questions about him, and why am I in so much pain and all the discomfort, and and yet in the end, when you know that there's a purpose for it, and that uh, when I die, I'm gonna be on the basketball team, on the football team, on the hockey <laughs> team. My life is gonna begin then. And so yeah. when you know that, That's right. and that you temporary. know that maybe, maybe your adversity, maybe my pain and all the surgeries and hospitalizations, right. what if they were, what if the purpose of that was to encourage people, like my yeah. definite purpose, to live positively through those challenges of life, then you look at it as a different thing and you're like, wow, this is a right. purpose and this is what I can share with other people. And, uh, wow. so I totally agree. And, and Jim, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I didn't even ask you this, but I know at a part of your life, you were, uh, you needed some help, uh, being a better person with, uh, uh, drinking a bit too much. And, uh, uh, you know, part of that program is acknowledging that, uh, God is God, you're not him, and that uh, perhaps you need his help. And so if you've been through your own adversities. A lot of people would look at you and say, well, Jim Jorkey, look at that guy. Six car dealers. Yeah. you know, 8,000 8, plus cars a year. Like He's never had a problem. But you shared with me one time, you know, one of your adversities. And, uh, you know, that was a tough one to get over. And it uh, really has helped your life, your marriage, and so many other parts of uh, who you are.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I, uh, so I have a drinking problem. It's not It's not just uh, I drank too much. I have a drinking problem called, you know, drinking drinking uh, to a fault, you know, not knowing what to And so I was arrested twice for drunk driving. I spent the night in jail. I had a really bad accident as a result of drunk driving and just a lot of other disturbing behavior. And and then in fact you know 19 uh, March 1st 1993 I got involved with uh, self-development the first guy that I listened to was uh, Brian Tracy the psychology of selling and that literally changed my life and I just had to find out what this was all about and I kept studying and reading and as that 1993 the year went on I realized that you know this whole idea and I, I apologize for using the word self that's more of a habit but it really is about improving you know Jim shorty not so much Self, but improving the insurance. So moving forward in 1993, it became very apparent to me that the idea of uh, self enrichment uh, was uh, contrary to the drinking cycle. And so on um, on uh, on December 26, 1993, I drank my last drink. And um, it's very interesting. My goal initially was to not drink for 30 days. And, and so I accomplished that. And then I took out my truck for another 30 days and, and I accomplished that. And then in that, in that next 30 days, which, were, you know, put me into the, the 90 days, I was uh, in my driveway, and I was backing out of the driveway. I, I hadn't been drinking for 60-some, 70-some days, whatever it was. And So I'm backing out of the driveway. My, my children are in the van. My wife is in the passenger seat. My daughter at the time was 12 years old. And she says to me, she says, she says, Dad, I'm really proud of you that you're not drinking. She said, it always bothered me when you drank. And I was like, I couldn't even really process that. You know, I, I, so I put the car in the park. I'm actually like in the middle of the street. And I said, Katie, what did you say? I thought I didn't quite understand. That. And she, she she repeated herself. She said, you know, it always bothered me when you drank it. I said, Katie, I said, I am so sorry. I I never knew that. I, I would never want to, you know, make you feel bad or, or I would never want to bother you. So I told her on the spot, right in the, right in the van, right in the middle of the street. I said, I, I promise you, Katie, I said, I, I'll never drink again. And um, it was really kind of a half-hearted promise. I don't know that I was really making a promise. It was on the spot. But nevertheless it, it was a promise, and it was my daughter and and that was it. I never drank again and you know every time I had that thought I thought about the promise I made to my daughter and so you know that was um now you know uh as of this past december twenty sixth twenty two years ago and um as I you know got rid of the alcohol, which is the which is a depressant and I um kept studying the different self development materials uh uh which by the way did include very aggressively the Bible at that it, 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 in, in those those days. I mean very aggressively. You know, I read books about Jesus, I read books about St. Paul. I just read and read and read and studied, study, studied. And then of course when I studied Earl Lenego and Napoleon Hill and and um, all these Wayne Dyer and et cetera. If I'd have known about, you know, Tom Cunningham, I would have studied Tom Cunningham. I would have studied Phil. I would've studied everything, you know. But anyways, over that period of time I, I gradually over time rewired my brain and and the alcohol became just a non-issue, but uh, alcohol is is a demon. It is absolutely a demon, and it's a it's a problem for for us uh, here in the United States of America. That uh, you know we need to not put alcohol in our mouth. At least Jim Shorty needs to not put alcohol in his mouth. So yeah, that that was one of my. There was and there's so much more to it than that, but that was one of them. Yes, alcohol. Yep.
2: Really. And uh, as you said, once you got aggressively in the Bible and you made that promise, God uh, helped you live with that promise. And uh, Phil, I was thinking of, uh, my wife and I have a little code word between us called plank. Uh, The word plank, because often when we will uh, be talking about someone and how we would prefer them to be... Uh, we will say plank as a reminder that, hey, get that plank out of your eye before you start noticing the sawdust in someone else's eye. Right. And right. really, yeah. this is this is what your program is, really a program that will help us get the planks out of our eyes before we have the gall or the, the courage or even the right to help someone else improve their lives. And, uh, you know, if we're not living right ourselves, we really shouldn't be telling other people how to live right. And so, uh, you know, that's a good verse there, to watch, watch out for the plank in your eye before you're picking out the sawdust in someone else's. And so often we do that, I wish so-and-so were like this, or why did he do that, or, you know, how we talk about other people. Really... If we, if we talk about love, which we started with, and that we should love everybody, even those ones that were talking about the sawdust in their eye, um, that makes uh, a life more focused on being a better person and loving other people, even if we don't agree with them. And those two things are
0: pretty good things to practice. Well stated, a good
1: Well stated.
0: That's a good biblical principle, and that's straight out of the Bible, right? That's what Jesus said, right? Before you try to take the speck out of your brother's eye, take the, the plank out of your own eye. So there and you are. I think are that's what the, the principles... principles.
2: Uh, I think the principles in your program help us with the planking part of it, um, because these are not really principles for us to teach other people. These are principles yeah. to instill in our own lives. That's and, right. Uh, right. And, yeah. and if we can do that and follow those 17 principles, we got a lot of planking out of our eyes so that we can see with wisdom to help other people yep. with their challenges.
1: That's a great way of stating it.
2: So, yeah, uh, Phil, it. this is, uh, mm-hmm. how do you distribute something or sell something like this? Because uh, eh, bookstores probably are harder to get into with a program like this, and you gotta. It's not easy to get in bookstores, but I'm thinking like I speak at men's breakfast and women's breakfast and churches and small groups I attend, men's uh, small group Bible studies. I'm thinking these are the places where people can study a program together and learn from it and uh, gives them something uh, to think about and speak about as a group. So how how are you going to sell the program? Because it's not a... Not like a Nightingale Conant program with a distribution list already.
0: Oh, well, we have quite a big distribution list. Uh, I think if we were to add it all up, it'd be quite sizable. I don't want to, you know, put out a number, but when you look at the 51 individuals and their wave of points, and, you know, it's, and, and what's really beautiful about this program is everybody is so excited about it, you know, and they're all in there because not of of monetary motive, but because they love people. They love people. You know? And so this is a really loved-based program. Uh, in terms of um, uh, well, how does you start accessing? i go to 17 and that's 17biblicalprinciplesofsuccess.org or .com. It'll bring you to the same place. And there's samples. You can listen to a whole bunch of samples right. of each one of the 51 individuals. And In fact, uh, if you go to my profile, you can get a whole overview sample of the entire program, Uh, you know, one-minute sound bites of each individual. Um, So you get to sample it that way. And then you can choose whether you want to access it individually or as a whole program. You can choose whether you want it in digital format or whether you want it in hard CD format. It comes with a study guide. Now, the study guide is unbelievable, unbelievable. And um, uh, so we, we, we've, which is about 100 pages, which really bring out questions to challenge you. Um, um, the program is brand new. It's just been out now for about a month. And my wife and I, when we first got the program, we went through a 17 consecutive study of the 17 consecutive day study of the program, where we listened to one CD, and then we took the study guide and we discussed it. We discussed the principle and how it applies to our lives. And we did that for 17 consecutive days, starting with trust in God, going right through humility and confess and repent, integrity and, and right down to love. And I would encourage spouses to do that because it's just going to draw you closer to God and draw you closer to one another. I'd encourage mentors and mentees to do that. Let's encourage support groups. To come together, get some study guides, go through this either through 17, 17 consecutive days, kind of intense, but you can do it in 17 weeks. Um, this is being distributed into churches. Uh, we were—I was in Orlando at a uh, show that T.D. Jakes was um, hosting. About 80% of the people that came to the booth and talked to, that I had the pleasure of talking to, which were pastors and church leaders, looked at this program. And they said, "Wow, you, that our church could really benefit from." Something. And so, eighty percent of the people that I'm not mistaken, that I talked to, engaged at the table, uh, purchased the program to bring back to their communities. So we're very, very wow. excited about this. So you know, pe- yeah. I mean, don't get me going, Tom. You know, I could I could talk an hour now, we're not <laughs> stopped, right? so I have to right. let you breathe here and interrupt. So. Now, the <laughs> only thing I thought of when I looked on that website,
2: I thought. Phil yeah. Taylor is nuts at pricing it so low. I was thinking yeah. he insane, yeah. like he's priced it at a was, price that like nobody could say they can't afford it, really.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that you're right. You're right. Actually, because of the nature of the content of the program, we just want to make it as accessible to as many people as possible. A program like this, the the whole album in in as a business product would probably retail anywhere. Four hundred ninety-nine dollars to even, you know, even as right. fifteen hundred dollars. These, but we, we just want people to benefit. You know, um, Jesus says, "You've received freely, freely give." And so we, we need to sustain, a, you know, a profitability in order to keep this boat floating, so to speak. But we just want to do it for the purpose of touching life that's 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 why we're doing this oh, no,
1: what are you selling know for Phil
0: the the uh, digital d- downloads are five dollars per CD online oh. or fifty dollars for 14 and a half hours and that comes with uh, a hundred page study guide you can also that's the that digital version of it and
1: what if you buy the hard normal. version of
0: it
1: The hard version
0: is seven dollars per CD and you can pick whatever lesson, or seventy dollars for the whole set with a hundred-page uh, colored uh, yeah. study guide. Yeah, agreeing with Tom,
1: that's, all, that's really more than reasonable. That's, that's really well. The reasonable. the the, the, the business,
0: yeah. Well, the the business people involved in that said the same thing. Like, why are you doing this? You know, and I I, I just said because um, this is a message that needs to get out there. Yep. really does. I agree. And and our yeah.
2: Man, and uh, you're going to help me. I want to promote the heck out of this. I shouldn't say heck, but I want to promote this program a lot. And I know Jim wants to talk to Ken Blanchard and Tom Hopkins mm-hmm. and Julie Ziegler Norman. And so let, uh, you'll help me to do that. Uh, I'm going to promote it at every opportunity I can get. Uh, if you have the Nightingale Conan program, 17 Principles of Success, and the 17 B- Biblical Principles of Success, uh, you really don't need much else to uh, get the most out of your skills, talents, and abilities and be able to serve other people and love other people. And mm-hmm. uh, so um, I'm going to promote it, and uh, Jim and I'll do a few more interviews with. Because some of those people, I want to ask them, like, man, you're successful, you're known for a certain area. Ken Blanchard, one-minute manager, Tim, Tom Hopkins, uh, sales guru for so many years. And, uh, you know, what prompted them to uh, get involved in this? Because uh, it's, uh, they're big names, and they really had a lot of impact to a program of this nature.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah.
2: Good yeah and I only named a few of them. So 17, with the number 17, 17biblicalprinciplesofsuccess.org. Uh, thanks, uh, Jim Shorkey, first time as a co-host on Journey to Success wow. Radio, and uh, I know that you've enjoyed yourself. You know a lot of the names on this program, and uh, so thank you so much. You'll be joining me again on other ones, and Phil, uh, as always, uh, my friend, uh, my Fellow brother and uh now I have to go around saying I wish I was Phil Taylor again. No, uh,
0: that no, new no. Program. Don't ever say that. Don't ever say <laughs> that. That's like one snowflake saying to another, I wish I were you. We're all different and have yeah, right. But, Tom powerful program. Thanks, and th- I just before we get off, Jim, thank you so much for sharing your story. You know, and I I tell you, even your personal journey of overcoming that addiction is—I know—must not have been easy, and and that is really a testament that you really anchored your life into certain empowering principles. Greater than yourself really, really a source.
1: Well, you know, uh, thank you so much, and it's—it really, sincerely, is an honor to be on the, the conversation or to be in the conversation, excuse me, and you know, um, it really is. So I, I learn a lot from this. Uh, discussion i i have learned a lot and i 'll continue to learn a lot because i 'm going to definitely uh get a get a copy of this um of your uh program and I can already think of different people that would uh that really appreciate it in terms of a gift so pretty cool. yeah
0: oh God bless you and one final point is, you yeah
2: one final point is that jim uh, uh we know that Napoleon Hill spoke about the benefit of a mastermind group between husband mm. and wife as the most yes. important. And Jim yeah, no, no. Married. No, no. Jim's been married since almost Adam and Eve, and his wife is part of <laughs> his uh, mastermind group, and, you know, uh, his quitting drinking benefited her as much as it oh, benefited yeah. kids
1: and everyone else, right, Kim? No question, yeah. 36 years I've been married. I'm very, I I live with my best friend, so that's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Wow. And Phil beautiful. does, too. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Thanks, yep. guys. Have yourself and, an amazing
1: and, 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 day. And Well, uh,
0: Tom, before you yeah. go... We have to recognize you for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much for blessing us, for providing a platform that inspires and encourages others. And you are gifted. And I just really thank you
1: for being who you no, are. Thank you, too, Paul. I really do. Great, great great, job and great work that you're doing. I appreciate it.
2: Thanks, guys. Have a great day. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, going through the rest of the program, Phil. Take care.
0: Okay. Terrific. Thank you, thank you Jim.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email tom at tom2tall.com for details.